Welcome to the Vet Church Podcast. Vet Church interviews are authentic, sacred, and inspirational. Vet Church is open to anyone who appreciates the sacrifice made by the women and men who put on a uniform and served this great nation. Find out more at vetchurch.com or retiredarmychaplain.com. Hey, Vet Church, how y'all doing? So, um, I'm with uh, Dr. Stevens this morning, and uh, we I, I met you here at Fort uh, Fort Knox. Uh, oh. So it's a little early for y'all, y'all. I mean, I think I pulled you right out of your workout. <laughs> um, what's the name of your company? North South Consulting Group. North South Consulting. Mm-hmm. And you guys do some pretty cool stuff for people. We try. <laughs> well, I, I want to start out like, I want to like, so I want to acknowledge, um, at least as, as publicly as we can in the group, one of the, and I, you know, I have your permission to share this, the... You called me up. I just started this whole um, driving around playing music thing. I had an even vet church was not thought of yet. The podcast was nowhere near in my mind. And um, you called me up and you said, "Hey, that website you built is horrible." <laughs> I mean, you were kind about it. You're extremely kind. And, Maybe you didn't say horrible. Yeah, you did. You basically said, hey, listen, um, one of my my technicians is going to call you. We should pay for your website. You can build it however you want to, but you need to move to a better platform. And this this person will care for you the whole time. And um, and it worked. (laughs) But it made me, you made me realize that like, um, you know, this, because this is before Vet Church, this is before you know, at that time, I'd probably done 10,000 miles. Mm-hmm. You know, so we're, we're talking about, up, I was figuring out yesterday, we've been, we're at 145,000K right now. And as far as driving down the road to see yeah. people. But but being present with people is important. And you were so, you like, you made me think about this. You made me think about before music, before anything else, just the fact that you go visit somebody and care for them is very, very important. And you talk and you journey and you listen. Mm-hmm. And 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 um and so we built a better website. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm proud laughs> like, well, it's made me it's made me more you know like we just filed to incorporate Vet Church and yep. we're gonna um we're gonna go after some some the kind of donations where we can do moral injury conference in every single state in the United States, yeah. and we're gonna we're gonna bring concerts in. All, you know, I know all these people in the last Honky Tonk Music Series. We're going to throw parties for veterans and their families that help veterans connect to each other because, like, one of the things Ann said yesterday in the, the podcast was that this helps. And she said, until I watched you start connecting people, yep. I never would have said, I never would have thought my story was valuable, but each of our stories mm-hmm. are valuable. And um, so we're going to talk a little bit today about your story. Oh boy! <laughs> well, you're you're a veteran. You went to Iraq. I did. What you, what were you? I forgot your MOS. You told me one time. What did you do? I was an eighty eight Mike. I was a truck driver. Good times. Yep. Yep. One of the most one of the most dangerous jobs in the world. I wasn't very good at it. I did crash one time in Iraq. Hey, <laughs> That's a whole other story. You know, I didn't. <laughs> it's okay. It's you know, it's military vehicle. <laughs> It was. We didn't get in any trouble. It was an accident. So. Well, you were there before the up-armored vehicles. You were we there were, yes. when 
There was no armor on a vehicle, so you're driving on the road. We invaded March 19th. Yeah. Drove up. So you were in the invasion. Yes, yeah. Yep. Oh, my. Oh, my. Hey, what you doing? That's right. Animals love being off. That's no. right. <laughs> so, <laughs> very cool. Um, so, so in the, like, when you came in on this invasion thing, that must have just been crazy. Yeah. I was just a kid. I mean, I was... 19 or 20 and like wow i'm in the middle of iraq this is happening <laughs> where's the bathrooms there were no bathrooms <laughs> i remember that the most like wait a second <laughs> what did i get myself into here <laughs> like stop stop there's no bathroom there's a hole in the ground yeah yeah like I, you know that's that's one thing that i think the american public will probably never know we talk about the price and the sacrifice yeah. of freedom I've gone to the bathroom in some pretty horrible places. Yes, yes. And, and, and I think every veteran I've ever met has, too. Like, you'll see a veteran with a sock that's cut off. <laughs> or no sock, because, like, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, well, then just add in being a woman. Yes. Oh, yeah, that's going to be. No. They're, yes. And, and that, those are the sacrifices. Mm-hmm. Um, which. Oof. Jesse. Yeah, 37 days without a shower when we invaded. It was awesome. I value showers still to this day. Right. <laughs> no chow halls, no air conditioning, you know, in the summer months. Yeah. Sand. It was terrible. Um, yeah, I spent a little time with the drill. Yep. Wow. No, that was Baghdad. Mm-hmm. Yep. The two big bees. Of course, when I was there, they were shutting it down. So I, right. I went there in 2000. 11? 2011. And I came back and they did the thing on my back, which okay. walked me right into a WTU. Yep. yep. And then retirement. Okay. A big mess. But Brandon got says lots of our underclass had to <laughs> <laughs> You're right, Brandon. <laughs> There's, I mean, like, it, but that's the price of freedom. Um, yeah. You know, it's. And we can we can all say, well, that war, this, you know, the soldier doesn't get a choice. We signed up and said we'll do whatever. Yep. The American public gets behind whoever's the acting whoever and and yep. acting people in Congress. What do they tell us to do? We're going to do it. Yep. And I love the fact that even in a divided political climate, our sacrifices and who we are are being, we're being respected now. And I think a lot of that's because mm-hmm. of the guys in Vietnam were treated so terribly. Yep. And they didn't have a choice. I mean, somebody came to the door and said, you're either going to jail and the rest of your life's going to be ruined because this is a felony and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Or you're going to go fight this war. Yeah. So I think even now the, the culture has gotten so much better. So I'll tell you, like, I remember flying home um, from the first tour and we stopped in Seattle and, you know, people there were really against it and were really negative. And now you wouldn't, you wouldn't see that anywhere. You know, no. it's very positive. They've got a terrific USO presence out in Seattle. And, I mean, they were mean to us coming back. And I was like, what, what is this? But it was West Coast, you know. Things are different. But, yeah. 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 And yeah. you just think about it and you're like, huh. They had to live this every day for a long time. So, yeah. Well, and at this I'm point, to see it change. I see a huge difference between the homeowners of Seattle and the people living on the street in Seattle. I mean, they've got a serious problem. Oh, they do. They've yeah. moved to this the idea, like, there, it will, we will always have a point 
in our nation where certain people need to be cared for. Mm-hmm. We ought to do that. We should do that. But something's happened out there where, as one one of the veterans told me this last summer when we were out there, or a couple of weeks ago, actually, he said, um, the problem is a lot of the homeless have realized that they're above the law because they're they're not being held accountable in yep. any way. Yep. It's the love and care that's being extended to them is not true love and care because it doesn't have accountability. Yep. And it says, well, you can just do anything because we can't prosecute you. Mm-hmm. And it and it's turning into that. It's yeah. it's a it's a lawlessness that um, it's a real problem. So like sometimes when I think about like the West Coast, I, I, we you know it's, it's easy to think, well, they, they do some crazy stuff out there. But it's, I think also, it's every major city. It's I every mean, major yeah, city, and the, there's in 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 the West Coast has some great leaders too. I mm-hmm. mean, they're they're leading the industry, um, the cannabis industry yep. has has cared for so many people, so many of us, mm-hmm. got us off psychoactive drugs. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I don't know why I got on that, but <laughs> <laughs> ramble. The kids giving me the keep uh-huh. moving. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, like, t- tell us about North South Consultant. Okay, um, I'll just give you the quick backstory. So I was a soldier. Mm-hmm. Um, I got out of the Army uh, after my first enlistment tour and then went into the reserves and had our first baby, my oldest, who's 14. Um, and that was the decision to get out of active duty because I didn't want to leave him and have to deploy again or do something like that. So um, I started out as a government contractor right here at Fort Knox, um, working at the military personnel, like where they do ID cards and your records and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And I was like, cool, I made it in life. Wow. I was just a little baby soldier, you know, and I, and I started learning and I was like, well, I didn't make it in life, but I have a trajectory here. I can do something to help soldiers and their families by learning this work, yeah. um, admin work, really. So... We were here for about six months, and then we were put on orders to go to Fort Hood, Texas, and PCS to Fort Hood. So then I was down there starting all over again. That's that's a weird thing that happens to military spouses. Yes. They never get to establish, like, a long-term job retirement, history or, job right, history. Right, Because you're even jacked around. Yes, you are, and you just have to go with your person. So, um, yeah, that's what we did. So I'm down at Fort Hood. I was like, I just left this job that I really liked, and... And now I have to find another job. So at the time, it wasn't, we weren't so tech savvy, right? So I had like piles of resumes in my car and things like that. So I faxed this company in Texas my resume, I want to say over 30 times, because they kept running an ad in the newspaper and it was faxed. And I was like, well, if they're going to keep running the ad, I'm going to keep tech or faxing them my resume. So finally, they called me for an interview and they gave me the job just based on my tenacity, basically. They were like, if we don't hire you, you're never going to stop faxing us your resume. <laughs> so, right. <laughs> yes. So it turned out to be uh, working on uh, the OTC team out on West Fort Hood where they were testing Land Warrior and FBCB2 and all these great Army systems that I used as a soldier. So I loved it. Um, got into data and really crazy things. Um, came back on orders to come back to Knox, start all over again. So in between that, you know, my ex-husband was deployed and little baby and all these things. And uh, yeah, came back to Knox. So my first boss gave me a job back at the Milpo. And there I was again. And I'm like, wow, I've heard from all these people that going to be a civil servant or GS employee is the way to go. So I was applying at that time from a contract job to be a civil servant. Mm -hmm. Um, 
finally got an in after applying maybe 1,200 times on the CPAC website uh, for an interview. And 1200 times at, at least 1200 and, and you're not a, and like at it, least I can, one thing I can tell you all about Krista is like there's certain people that I know that will say like a five dollar thing oh it's a million dollars no it really was at least 1200 maybe but more Krista <laughs> is going to tell you the truth about it so which says that if you want something bad enough you just have to keep trying don't quit yes yes so I'll tell you about that really fast so I kept getting referred, and all of you people who have applied on CPAC may have experienced this. I kept getting referred for jobs, and no one would call me for an interview. And I'm like, this system is broken. So I found out the place through the UIC that I had gotten referred to, and I went like hunting around the building on my lunch break from my contracting job. And I found some guy, and he goes, what are you looking for? And I'm like, well, I have this. I'm looking for the Center for Sessions Research. He goes, oh, that's Colonel Buck. He's down the hall. So I walked down there. I'm like, hey, sir, I made your hiring list. <laughs> and he's like, how did you find me? This girl is scary. You know, and he goes, I'm going to give you an interview just based on the fact that you found, you found me. <laughs> and I was like, okay. But the yes. Yeah. So I studied for the interview. I did all this stuff. You know, it happened three months later. I got a job as a GS-12 uh, working on one of General Frakely's staff elements, um, putting people in the Army. I didn't know anything about accessions. I didn't know anything about marketing or recruiting or whatever. I was like, I'll figure it out. So that started my career in the civil service community. Um, grew from there uh, to leave accessions as a chief of Army Marketing Research. And then when accessions command stood down at Knox, I moved over to HRC, which was Bracky. So we were putting Alexandria, Indianapolis, and uh, St. Louis all here at Fort Knox. Right Human Resources Command, yeah. So I interviewed and then took over policy proponency for the tag. So then I started writing records policy for soldiers and their families. Loved it. I was like, this is going to help them. It's wonderful. Okay. So we're, we're trying to innovate. We're trying to figure out our new identity as a command here. And I realized that the civil service community was not a big fan of innovators. They weren't a big fan of change agents. They weren't a big fan of people doing things smarter. And so I just kept running these roadblocks. Change, change is hard to sell change. Change is so hard. It, it's like, oh. So hard. And it just started really killing my soul. You know, I so I was like, I want to drive my car into the gate every morning because I hate my job and I, I'm not impacting people's lives. I'm not helping soldiers and their families, which was a passion. Um, and so contracting companies that were part of teams had talked to me over the years, like, why don't you do your own thing, Krista? Why don't you do your own thing? And I finally reached that pinnacle in 2012. So I, I had interviewed for the deputy of my division. I was selected by a board of my peers. And the CG at the time of HRC said no. He, we didn't like each other. It was a thing. You know, he's like, nope, Krista will not be the deputy. And I was like, okay. I quit. So I quit my job. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> yeah, Time to move on. Time to do something different. You just gave me yeah. the incentive to quit. I did. I quit. I was a tenured uh, GS-14, um, making what people would say is like career money, like this is what you should do with your life. And I was like, this isn't what I should do with my life. I'm 31 years old, you know, and I have more capacity than this. It's, it's a, that's important to see in, 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 in your like at this time, you're you've got responsibilities. You have children. Yeah. Oh yes. You've got a house. Yep. You've got a car. note. you've got. Yep. And yet, you knew in your soul, I'm more. I can't do it. Yeah, and I've I did. Got more it's to not give. About money. Yes. 
So I took like a $30,000 a year pay cut. Mm -hmm. I took over a contracting, back in the contracting world, program manager position um, for a team that was supporting recruiting command. And I talked to the company because they were really struggling and they were like, we need a PM for this so bad. And I said, I'll be your PM if you help me get my company started. So they gave me three people in my little tiny company and that's how I started. So we staffed part of that project for them with our folks, and then I ran, ran the project. And so that was in 2012, um, and we've just been going after work and growing ever since, all in DOD sector. So we do admin, IT, um, some funky stuff. We've got some interpreters up in Rock Island, um, social media. We do some social media support for a lot of non-veteran or nonprofits in the veteran community um, outside of contracting. And we're just kind of a grouping of talent. Um, so yeah, my favorite thing to do, and Chase will tell you too, is help people find jobs. That's what I do. Whether you're here or another military installation or you're a spouse and you're just getting out or you're a veteran and you're just getting out. Um, I think at this point we employ almost 90% military veterans and spouses. And well, yeah, you've helped, we you've just helped me help a veteran get a job. I know. It was and awesome. I thought that was yeah. so cool. I don't know. If I, like I just... <laughs> I don't think yep. I ever publicly thank you, but you didn't even think. Well, it was your six degrees of separation, right? You were right. like, "I know a guy," and I was like, "Yep, I know someone too," and that's what yeah. we do. Um, and it worked out because he's yeah. working. Yeah. And that's you know that's one of the things that I see is like I, I talk to people and they're like, "Well, the veteran community has all these homeless veterans, and it's so sad." That's that a lot of work, man. They're talented. They're hard it. workers. They're they show up. They care. So in DOD work, I mean, nobody cares about taking care of soldiers and sailors and air force men and women and, and Marines like veterans because they live that. Well, and that's where I was when I was transitioning out of the military. I was on this project at Fort Knox like, man, I'm going to help this guy get promoted. Mm -hmm. He's going to make E7 because I helped his record. And I knew that. Yeah. And these guys know that too, these guys and gals. And so they're the best population that I could like possibly choose from. Well, in, in whatever state you're in. Yep. If you look at the whatever stats are gathered, and it'll say like there's ten that like last night in Florida, there's ten thousand veterans sleeping outside. There's a hundred plus thousand veteran-owned businesses. Yep, fastest growing. The ten thousand sleeping outside. I've talked to some of them. Some of them have money. Yep, fastest well, growing group of entrepreneurs is veterans. Yes, and, and because we have something in. So if if a veteran's watching this and going like, we don't mind working eighteen-hour days. <laughs> That's true. Well, no, six hours of sleep, yeah. <laughs> so if you looked at the Vetpreneur tribe on Facebook, mm -hmm. my brother-in-law stuck me in there. And, okay. and it's like, you should earn money. And I'm like, I'm not earning money. This is not, I mean, now because I want to do the moral injury right. conference, we got to go after some money. But um, but it's different because, like, you know, I need, I need somebody to come and give us, like, five, five million a year. Yeah. And in, in, in order to do what we want to do, it's, it's not... So I can I build my castle. With, we're building uh, a kingdom. I think there's only two states with moral injury clinics through the VA. It's unbelievable. Kentucky's one of them, but there's so well, many places that don't even have a support group for oh, that. Oh no! And then when yeah. when and that's the crux of the problem. <laughs> David Peters started. Know what it is. No, right. that's it. And when David Peters started the veteran Episcopal Veterans Fellowship, he started doing a moral injury conference mm -hmm. in Austin, and so I played in it for the last two years. I don't know what I'm doing this year if I'm doing anything there I got, I've got to the point where like I've got so much stuff on the calendar that 
But it's okay. I'm starting to be more organized because, like you said, this you is have to do it. you got to do this professional stuff, and and it's because it's valuable. Like I guess I, part of me had to see the value, but now I really see the value in talking about moral injury because so many people experience it. Yeah, they have trusted, and it turns out that the people they trusted were not trustworthy, and and then there's things like all the pills that are being handed to us veterans. Mm-hmm. Um. And, the, and when the weird thing about that even is I think some of the doctors that are prescribing the pills are going through moral injury because now they're finding out that the opioids, they were told wrong too. Yeah. Part and of so, the problem. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's part of the big problem is that this guy's walking around and the guy selling the drugs is just like, hey, I got to make money. Yeah. They do affect immediate change. Yeah. Like, it's like, a band-aid though. You're not dealing with the root cause it. of the issue. And the moral injury part is what it most veterans really struggle with because they can't come to terms with their own belief structure, mm-hmm. and then what happened in a situation that they can't control or well, they couldn't control. And, and I was talking to Chase earlier about uh, this this program, mm-hmm. and it's it's huge. It's like 16 weeks, yep. and, it, and it works through moral injury, and it, um, it's, it's based on logotherapy. Some of that's based on logotherapy, mm-hmm. uh, talk therapy. Yep. You just, you're talking. You're not taking a drug. You're actually talking about what's going on inside. And what that does is it counteracts the way soldiers were trained. We were trained not to talk. You shut up and do what you're told. Yeah. You know, right. you're, you're allowed to talk. You're allowed to say, yes, sir, yes, ma'am, yes, sergeant, no, sergeant. <laughs> <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> but, but this is, it, it says, how are you feeling? Mm-hmm. And digging in there and helping you realize that the way you're feeling could probably be addressed much differently than here's a pill right. that's going to put you on a couch. And turn you into another the twenty two a day. Yeah, yep. The bulk of the twenty two a day, folks. Take the cocktail. Yeah, they they you know and, it. And, and that's and it what it does is sucks hope out. It's like a drain. You spin the little plug out, and then hope goes straight down yeah. the drain. Yeah, we have so much more to yeah. offer. That we do because right? well, the as you said, a veteran is trained to work, mm-hmm. and and everybody's going to die. So why why would you end it early? And we're trained to help people too. That's it. And well, we're trained to. Be strong and be resilient and all these things that take being an entrepreneur, really. Yeah. It's not for the faint of heart. Well, and it, and it, it, it we, we're, we've taught how to problem solve. Yeah. Even if you're not good at it, you know how to find somebody who is good at it. <laughs> this is beautiful. I don't know the answer, but I can find the answer, right? Well, that's what we were told, <laughs> yeah. And so why not, um, why not go the extra mile for yourself? Yes, yeah. I mean, it, it, it is it scary though? Like, let's talk about the the scariness of it. Is it scary going? I'm going to leave a job that a lot of people are like, "Hey, you've made it." Yeah, it was the scariest thing I've ever done. Totally terrifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a lot of money for a thirty. It is, and it's yeah. it was job security and you know a retirement and all this mm-hmm. stuff. And, and you can't, I don't think you can get fired from a GS job. Really, at that level, no. <laughs> there would have been like an act of Congress to get rid of me, but you know. Um, yeah, I I come from a long line of people that work for themselves. So, you know, my grandfather started with nothing and built something and farm people and folks that are really self-employed. And so for me, you know, my family was like, do what you love, figure it out. Of course we can do that. And so I was like, yeah. Was your family military? <laughs> um, my grandfather uh, was a World War II veteran, actually. Yeah. Uh-huh. And my dad was Air Force, three, two of my uncles, I think, as well. and then. All of my siblings, I think except for one, 
have served all six out of seven of us. So, yeah. Oh yeah, it's like it's like you're it's in your blood. It's in your blood. Yeah. So we're like, were you ever when you deployed? Were you ever boots on the ground with one of your siblings at the same time? I wasn't. No. Um. But my little brother is in the Marine Corps right now. He's fixing to get out. So that's really exciting. He's he's done five years and he's done some exciting things. And that's awesome. Yeah. He's moving here to Kentucky. Oh yeah. Yes. Is he going to work with you? With he the is. Company? He is. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> yep, he is. So. Well, I mean, you know, um, family is so important. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, like, I, I was talking. Um, but so this is family. Because I think soldiers, wherever you settle, you don't necessarily have, like, grandparents, aunts, uncles. We yes. don't really, I mean, my brother coming here will be the first family that I have at, here. Um, but I have this, we call it tribe. Or family, yes, exactly. you know, of veterans, people that, you know, even if you just run across a patch and you're like, oh, I know that guy. I know where he was. There's an immediate connectivity there. It's family, you yeah. know. Well, I that, always tell people we bleed green, army green. But of whatever service you are, I mean, that's that's the sense of community that we have. Oh, it is, especially in the veteran world. Like, I see, I see more and more of us um, in, in this family thing, I think. I think it's so important because I'm looking at you got a, a thing up there that says the one who knows you best family and love you the most no matter what. Yeah. Now it's the no matter what part that goes on. Like we've had you know people die, people get deployed, mm-hmm. people go through all kinds of maladies and and like things up in their yep. mind. And I've watched veteran after veteran come alongside each other and go like, "Hey, Maybe the way you're acting isn't okay. Yeah. But I'm gonna love you as a person anyway yeah. and try to get you out of this thing. And that's the kind of family we're talking about. Yep. It, so I would I you know this. Uh, I went through a pretty bad divorce. Um, my ex husband also a soldier. Um, and we're still supportive of each other to this day. Yeah. Like he's still part of that family, you know, yeah. and I care what happens to him and there's positivity there. Um, well, and it's not, it, the, yeah. the strange thing is, there's nothing unique about that. No. Because <laughs> I, mean, I like, know a lot of people have had just, that experience. It's right? like, I was on the phone yesterday, and the lady's helping us sell our house. The mortgage lady went through something very similar. Mm-hmm. And we just wanted to talk for a while. And it's like, I'll, I'll never forget doing your uncle's. I think I mentioned this yesterday in the podcast. Because Anne went through the same thing. I mean, like, it, it's like her uncle, he is your uncle, isn't he? Your aunt's dad, somehow. He came home from World War II, and I, we were doing a thing. He's 99 years old, and we were mm-hmm. doing an interview, and I said, well, how was it coming home to your to your wife, family? And he's like, she ran off with the guy at the factory. I don't <laughs> and, and the crazy thing was, our, our aunt was sitting there, and she's like, it's like she didn't know that yeah. until this moment. You know, like, There's so many factors. I mean, the, the civilian world doesn't realize. Family separation, you know, PTSD, uh, just life. Well, and being alone so... with, with your own habits and yeah. then having to blend that. And in the military, hard. so, I, like, I, the 12 years I did, well, the eight that I was, like, really active, mm-hmm. um, because the four of those, I was a chaplain cannon, or yep. three of them, or something like that. But um, for the ones that I was extremely active when I was enlisted, I didn't get any say in my time at Cape at right. all. None. Yeah. And then, well, you know, I mean, I, I, I was home, but it, 
But it's hard to plan around that. You can't. Right. Yeah, you you should, you can't you can't even say I'll be there for dinner. Right. Something goes on. No, there's lockdown. Oh, we're taking all your phones because nobody can contact your spouse because we got this secret stuff going on. Yeah. I. And so we as veterans all know what that's like, and it's it's tough. You know, it's it's a tough thing that's going on in our nation because the the families are getting overlooked. And the children, mm-hmm. they go through this whole thing with us. Oh yes, yes they do. You know, and they mm-hmm. and they like start seeing us, and you start seeing friends, and 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 like, well, that's Uncle So and So. There's no blood relation at all, but it's Uncle So and So, right? You know, and then, um, like there's one one of the vets out there. Her kids are calling me Grandpa now. Yeah. Because <laughs> I showed up with this, and she's like, it's just all you know. She's like, most of the uncles that my kids call uncle are not blood family. We also have a, an Iraqi interpreter still in our life in some capacity who lived with us for three years. And they call him Uncle Big Mac, too. And they wouldn't know it any other way. I mean, that's their family. So. Well, and, and it becomes <laughs> awesome. our family, yeah. too. Yes. Like, yes. when that, you know, that little girl calls me grandpa, she's you're such a young grandpa. <laughs> But but it means something to me, mm-hmm. you know, like because we lost when well, the day I flew down Iraq, we lost the one baby, and um, you, you know, you talk about like you go through stuff. Yeah. Well, as a soldier, you go through all this. What about what Kate went through? Like I'm not even there, and yeah. she's having a miscarriage. And we, thankfully, her parents were there, and they, they we knew it was coming, and yeah. they went. It was just a mess, but. But it's 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 weird because like this group, this tribe, this family, we're not getting put down. Yeah. We rise up. Yep. We've got to do something, and and you do it for yourself. You don't do it for, especially as a veteran. Mm-hmm. Like you go to work for yourself. Right. I mean, like I love the fact that you just walked away from all that money. I mean, you're making money now. Yeah. But, it was a little scary for a while, but we're figuring it out, and I. You know what? It is, it is, you do it for yourself, but you do it for everybody else around you. I could not go to sleep at night working at HRC as a civilian, see a civilian, without seeing that people had the same care and passion for soldiers and their families that I did. It kept, that kept me up at night because I was the one like you guys, okay, that, you know, we're out in a field unit and people are getting reported KIA or they're losing their house because they can't pay their bills or whatever. I mean, we and lived the line stuff, unit life. life. Yeah. Problems. We were in some ivory tower making policy, trying to take care of people. And so what we try to do on contracts is change the culture to a caring, serving culture that really facilitates, you know, and, timely service and communication about your records and being proactive and all those things. So that's what we, that's what we try to bring from the contract side. And I can impact that change because they're my guys and gals. Yeah. You know, it wouldn't take an act of Congress to fire a contractor. Well, and they care about that. Well, and I, so, I want to go, like, I want to, like, push this a little further. You're not saying that everybody in HRC and in the military no. it doesn't care. What you no, are no. saying is that when you looked at your own level of commitment and care, yep. you you saw that, hang on a second, I'm, I'm a step ahead of my peers here. I wanted to do more. And so you had to do yeah. more. You, yeah. And, and that's a really important distinction because... Anytime you look at a system, like the VA, like we yeah. both part of this VA, and it's a mess. Mm-hmm. So I have chosen not to fight the VA. There's some great pol- there's some great people in the VA, and there's some great policies with VA. 
take what you can and move on. That's my approach to it. Yeah. I don't have time to do, but I, I, I realized I could go work with a BA. Yeah. I mean, I've got a doctorate degree. I'm really good <laughs> at what I, it's some of what I do I'm good at. But I couldn't change the VA even if I wouldn't work for him because the homeostasis of that organization is much bigger than one person. It is. It's a dinosaur. Yeah. Big, giant. And so I take it for what it is, and I'm going to go do change where I can on on my terms. Yep. And then then when somebody like yourself comes along and says, hey, you could do this better. It's, I always resist a little bit. Like, I'm like, you know, because I'm I like, do. oh, yeah. <laughs> well, it's um, hard to have someone tell you, like, eh, have you considered this? I mean. Well, it took me, like, I think you, um, George Watkins, uh, half a dozen other people from a long time ago were like, you should be going 5163. Yeah. And I couldn't see it because I didn't see I didn't see the long-term value, and I couldn't until I got this idea that we should do the moral injury conferences and we should unite churches across the nation, mm-hmm. not on the above the denomination stuff, not on the idea that they can change veterans, but they can journey with veterans. Yep. And when I came to this conclusion, because I watched it happen in five or six of the churches that support us, then I realized that we've got to we've got to take it that next step you were absolutely right mm-hmm. i couldn't see the details enough to support but you saw it but you followed that energy right oh, yeah. you followed that energy and That's you're it. like i don't have the words for it right now but i feel like i should be over here well i kept thinking about it and i think if it. you take that risk with yourself mm-hmm. and you have you know faith in what you're doing or god or whatever people like to call that the details have a way of figuring themselves out well in I felt that same life force, like moving into what we did um, with the company. I yeah. just was like, I need to be over here. And I didn't know what that was going to be. But I've seen you go through this process, like from the beginning. And I remember oh, yeah. when you came up to Knox, like a year, maybe even two years ago now, was when you first started and you meet, you met three. me up at Easter Egg. Yeah, okay. It's been a while. It feels like. 16. But I remember talking it through with you and there were so many good ideas, but it's like kind of starting to. Well, a mask, even right? then, things were not, uh, it, it, like, I was going to meet you at 4 o'clock, I think, and I forgot about checking time zone changes, <laughs> and I showed up <laughs> at 5, and you're like, hey, we got, like, 30 seconds to meet this person I wanted you to meet, and I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm here on time, and I'm looking at, <laughs> I mean, like, it, it, there's all these things that have to be, um... It takes time it sometimes. It takes time to, to go. Not like now, that's, we think about this stuff. We mm-hmm. make a phone call because we're working with people in Sacramento and L.A. and in D.C. Yeah. And in Miami and right. in, in, in Maine. And in, you know, it, it is crazy because we have, we're, we're doing this whole nation yeah. because, like, you know, I just didn't really fit into the normal church thing. I mean, I, I same. Like, I just wasn't working. And so I decided, you know what? My brother-in-law kept pushing me to do the vet church. Oh, it's virtual. That, nobody's going to listen to that stuff. Like, almost every week, 300 or more people listen to that. Yeah. It's only 10. It's less than 10 minutes. So, like, you don't just pop in for 30 seconds in a closed group. They're listening. Mm-hmm. And I'm getting feedback. And I'm, and I'm hearing people say, like, no, this is correct. And all of a sudden, it validates who I was. But I spent a lot of time on the road. I mean, two years of driving before Kate came with me. I love seeing that you guys are doing this together, by the way. Yeah? It's, yeah, it's right. It was. Ex- You're so creative. She's so organized. It's perfect. Oh, well, in the scariness, like, 
when Kate called up and said, did I tell you the story to sell the house? Yes, I think so. Like a plan and some guy yeah. calls up and says, hey, I'm ready to rent your house. <laughs> and I'm like, what What just happened? Because Kate said just before, sell the house. And then Kate came on the road. And what, what happened was I think that even in your mind, I think you knew that one day you would own your own business. Yeah. And even though you're, you're rising to the top, because it's hard to become a GS working. That is. is no easy feat. Mm-hmm. And, and there's thousands of people who would like to be GS-14. And um, and to walk away from that, you're 31. I mean, all you have to do is like five, ten more years, and you're like in the system. You're going to get retirement. Yeah. And you, you jumped out. And <laughs> like, here we are. <laughs> it was a big jump. I told it, Matt, I said, this is not a leap of faith. Like, yes. And, and but some, that's, I think that is the definition of leap of faith. They don't tell you that. Right, yeah. <laughs> leap of faith sounds so much more cozy. Yeah, <laughs> it's been romanticized. Yes. like this gentle leap. leap. Yeah. yeah, it's not jump off a cliff, belly flop. Yeah. The butterflies Thirty feet down. Around. Maybe there's some rocks down there. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. It's like you hope the surf comes in to keep you from hitting the rocks. Yeah, and that, there's the trust, right? Yeah. There's the trust. Well, in in so. So when you when you first started doing this, did you find that people immediately were like, hang on a second, I'm going to support the idea of, of you as an individual? Yeah. Because yeah. It's, maybe we, maybe it's we don't leader, know anything about what you're doing, but yeah. you as an individual, I'm going to support. It's that positive leadership. You know, it's stuff that you learned when you were in the military. You have an opportunity to be the kind of leader that you want other people to to be a part of right Mm -hmm. not everyone uh wants to be a part of a positive team okay so there's always the people that are like "Mm -mm, nope i see that but then there are the people that just start kind of snowballing around you and they're like i like what you're doing it's positive it's helping people it's different it's breaking a mold it's i see myself in you um whatever story that is and those are the people that have kind of stuck you know onto our little snowball and it just it just goes from there so it's kind of I guess what is it saying? You are who your friends are. Yeah. They start kind of. You are who your tribe is. They start kind of coming around you, and that is the well, most know, they, positive thing. They say it takes a village to raise a child. Yeah. Now you've got children, so you know that it's not just like somebody's watching your kids right now. Somebody's they're at places, they're doing things mm-hmm. because they're individuals. You're raising individuals. Well, the same thing goes like with this tribe. Yeah. It takes the tribe to continue to live. Yeah. We're only as successful as all the people that's that it. are around us. Yeah. yeah. All and, day long. And I, I love it. Like when I see, I've seen, that's another thing. I've, I've got to do more and more of these vet church interviews with the businesses that we own because our tribe is caring for this nation. Yeah. And, and, so, and like I've talked to veterans who are like, man, I'm all alone out here. And they're like, no, you're not. You're really Phone not call. because, like, over here and over here and yep. over here are these other veterans. Mm-hmm. And let me, let, dude, let me contact them here. And then Kate said to me, what, Sometimes what you, they're in a hole. That's like, look them up and go. And yeah. then they can see. Yep. And, and what do you say about the, the connectivity thing? Like, you see us as being. We're connectors. Yeah. That's it. Not, I love it. You know, not just your group doing it by itself. Yeah. Not just us, just by ourselves. We're both doing good things. Yep. But if we work together, we can work like y'all help that guy get a job. Yeah. And there's so many, so there's a lot of uh, 
service-disabled, veteran-owned, government contracting companies out there. We're just tiny, you know, and so I call people all the time. Hey, I know you have this work. I'm going to send you a guy or gal. It doesn't necessarily mean it's our company. So, yeah, we do that in the business world all the time, and I love that you guys are doing that really in the spiritual sense. In the well, mental and physical space, yeah, because right? that was the deal. Is like we would connect churches, yeah. And what we found is like more and more people are like, you know, I, because of my own uniquenesses, because of my own preferences, or the way I was raised, I'm part of this organization or that organization. There's so many denominations, lines, right? But yeah. what's happened is that they're going across the board and saying, no, 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 we're going to take care of veterans. Because mm-hmm. I've repeatedly people ask me, what denomination are you? Um. None. Right. It doesn't matter. I, none of that yeah. stuff matters to me at all anymore. Yeah. It, it did. I still have um, some connections mm-hmm. with certain denominations. But the rest, I don't care. Yeah. I, I really don't care. I don't think God cares. I think God says, you know, if you're in a, in a small place and or a you, you have a house and you stay in one place, not like me and Kate. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're, if you're in a place, it's good to have people that you're connected to. Mm-hmm. So you might be going to the first blah, blah, blah of whatever. Yeah. And you go there not because it's a good network, but it's, you go there because it fits you and helps you worship God. And if, you, if that works, good. Yes. Otherwise, don't waste your time. If you're, if you're not going to church to worship God. Or the Rotary Club for your connections. Right. <laughs> Call up Krista. I mean, look, there's there's yeah. people that have like um, great connections, and um, using the church as a social platform to get your business ahead. Sticking the old ecloose fish on the on your sign. What that gets me to do is drive to the next person. Yeah. Because I don't think we are, are responsible when we do that. I think what we do is we're responsible when we say. Hey, this is a veteran-owned business, or I am a Christian, but that's not why you stop. That's not the prominent thing right. on my sign. It's not some tag that gets you in the door. Yeah, I, mean, I, I do. So church for me, I've always so I was raised Lutheran on my dad's side of the family, and then um, my mom was very unorthodox. So we did like in-house prayer meetings and went to a whole bunch of different churches and many different denominations. And so I guess I grew up with a view of religion that isn't exactly orthodox, much like yourself probably. Um, and so I really think, you know, yeah. church is where you worship and where you have an opportunity to fellowship and help other people and in and, and their spiritual life. So sometimes, you know, being in a church, regardless of the denomination, is the right place to do that. But I don't think it's a place for, for business, really. I love helping veterans, and that's in my heart because I feel that's, you know, my calling, okay? Um, and, and just people in general. Um, but that's my everyday life, and I share my faith through my everyday life. But when you have to get your spirit fed, where do you go? You know, doing something like this, like that church is just as relevant to feeding people's souls oh, in their homes or wherever they are. And I just love that you guys are making that venue really open to people that come from all different walks of life and have many different experiences. There's a, there's a place for them here, and I think that's right. Well, it's relevant. Can it be, like... I like what you said. Like, there is a difference. Like, I go to work now. I've turned, you know, like music into a bit of work. I've turned this podcast into a bit of work. Mm-hmm. But on Sunday, when I'm doing that other stuff, you know, I post at the top of the page as an announcement. I'm not. I'm not standing there talking about how much I love dad sauce, and I love dad sauce. <laughs> um, 
We know. <laughs> <laughs> right? Just a little bit. <laughs> but I have to... Dip, and I was going to go work for that sauce. And I actually, like... I was really... I mean, because I was totally into what Scott Green... But I like that stuff. Did I ever give you any? Did I ever get some I don't here? think so. We'll try it. We need to get some up here <laughs> Um But, but like, the idea was... I was going to go work for them and do this. Mm-hmm. And what I found was I couldn't. Like, this is bigger... Yeah. It, it it's and that's a big job. Like what I was talking to Scott about doing. So I could do one or the other. That's a huge leap of other. faith too, though, isn't it? Isn't that a huge leap of faith to like stick it to it? Like stick to what you're doing. Oh, and it when is. When you have other offers, or when you're like, hey, oh, it is. Cause yeah. I, like because Scott's Scott Green owns that sauce. You know, uh, uh, the whole family. Yeah. Um. And this is, and I love Morgan City. And I love the people down there. I love Last Long Dog. And I could, I could work full time for them and do a couple shows on the side, or I could do full time here and play my guitar every day. <laughs> no, it's not about the guitar. What it was, but it was hard because I know. But it was hard because like there was money. Yeah, there's yes. money on the table, and yep. and like you've even said, hey, I can get you a job here, mm-hmm. and other people said, I can get you a job there, and it's like. And now we're going to live in the minivan. <laughs> like, it's like, it's almost yeah. crazy. And it's like, you know, but I'm starting to see it after all this time. Yeah. Like this is, we're in like year three, which is, it blows me away. 145,000 miles. And I don't even know, you know, like it's only 3,000 miles across the country from like, you know. That's a lot of cross countries. But I've right. been up and down and yes. back and through, and we can run over here and see this person, and and every bit of it's been worth it. Um, when I was a when I was a hospital chaplain, in in each of the hospitals I did this bunch, you would go to the rooms and you'd see people in their time of need, mm-hmm. and that's kind of what we're doing. That's why we keep going. That's what those miles represent. They don't represent like Matt did seven hundred shows last year and played for forty thousand. No, I mean, like, that's not what it's about. Um, there, there's guys like Mudbone. That's what he does. He goes plays those big shows. Yeah. And it's awesome. Like, those guys are doing anything I could. And I, I love that. But that's not my calling. And sometimes the comparison thing is so bad. Like, I will compare myself to this musician or that. And it's mm-hmm. like, whoa, stop. Do, do you wind up doing that in business? Uh, yes. Yeah. All, uh, we've had other offers. We've had people offer to buy the company. That's an ego shake right there. Yeah. Do I stop doing what I'm doing and sell for more money than I've ever had in my life and set my family up for, or do we keep doing what we're doing because it's relevant and because we're helping people and because that's what's in my heart to do. We've had to make that decision recently. And Chase is great. My husband, he's very supportive and he's like, Hey, let's rock and roll. You know, we started doing this, like, let's keep doing it. And he's so supportive of that. But yeah, then you start looking at other people at, their company levels or how many years they've been in business or, you know, whatever. And it's intimidating. It's humbling too to say like, Hey, somehow something I'm doing, there's relevance here and I'm going to keep doing that. That's humbling. When, for me. when, when somebody comes to you mm-hmm. and yeah. says, Hey, we'll give you X amount of dollars. Right. You know, I, what do you do with that? I don't know. Does anybody want to buy that church? No. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, I mean, like, <laughs> you're silly. I would not sell for anything right, right now. I mean, like, you yeah. walk in the door and be like, "Here's a billion dollars." Right. No, because like we're we're 
I care about what we're doing. You I know, do. No one else would know? have that same care, right? No one else would have that same well, view it, of how do we change a culture. And I'm That's what relevant. I'm trying to do. Yes. At the moment, I am relevant. You're like, trying to change a culture, the veteran yeah. culture. Like, we're not hopeless, yeah. suicidal well, victims. We're, we're survivors. Not. We're resilient. No, we, we have a lot to offer. We are killing ourselves every yeah. day. Yeah. Yes, that is true. And, in, in, and that's sad. But then we're also doing other things, too. And it's like, yeah. we're not homeless veterans all over the place. Right. We own thousands of businesses. Yeah. Homeless by choice is a different thing. It's much different. I just like things. We're still renting. We have. We got everything set up right I don't like that. Sometimes I think about it, then I'm like, lands, we're living in a van. And then, and we know what else kills me is people go, like, it must be just so nice to have around the country. I just look at him, smile, nod, smile, nod. Yeah. Like, um, it's hard work, isn't it? It's a ton of work. A ton of work. Like yeah. all this exhausting has to be processed later. Yeah. And and then you think about it, like that there's so there's accountability. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like um, you started helping me three years ago in this thing, and in true love always has accountability. Like I can't just go like ah, Chris, I sold out. Yeah, because, I believed in you, right? So now you got to answer did. for that. Well, and there's something <laughs> that you, you you do like. There's uh-huh. there's something like that's ingrained in, in and I think this is great for every single person is the idea that true love always has accountability with it. Mm-hmm. We never go, yeah, I just do whatever you want. True right. love has accountability, and yeah. so you know, it's like you know this this thing. There is an exit strategy. Like I have, oh, this time I'm gonna all take. You guys are doing awesome. Age will just catch you sooner or later. Soon, like you have to think about things, right? But, but in the meantime, you, I mean, what made me start thinking was that like, there, there's folks like yourself, who the people like say doing guns and hammer don't know about you, and and you may not know about guns and hammer, guns to hammers. Okay. Which is an incredible organization where a guy that does these custom houses, a Marine down in Houston, yeah, one day was like, you know what? I never deployed. I'm going to do something. I think that's what he told me. He might have deployed. I can't remember if Jared deployed or not. But anyway, he said, I need to do something. Mm-hmm. And I'm a house builder. And he'd seen a veteran get a finally get a house. And the guy had like no leg or something. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you do? In the normal house has stairs and it has a shower that you got to step up into and if yep. you got a prosthetic it's not that easy right so jr raised some money the next thing you know he fixed that guy's house and then he's fixed another house yep. and he raised money he fixes house after house after house yep guns two hammers and i, I liked it because it's gonna beat your swords into plowshares <laughs> like well, there's a t- there's a time for war and yeah. there's a time for peace that's true and you know we live in a culture where the time for peace goes on at the exact same time that it's another person's time for war. Yeah. You know, and, and so we live in a warring culture, as they call it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, but, but like to connect you, you and, and guns to hammer down there. Yeah. And like, and, and eventually I'll have this business page too. That's another thing I want to do. Like, is we have a page of like. B2B. Yeah. Like yeah. every state, like. Here's here's all the veteran-owned businesses I can find in the state, and I've yeah. done I've done interviews with dozens of them, like 
I trust them. You got a problem? Go to this company. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there's some out there that are rough, but I mean, we've done, I did uh, some social for um, Thomas to Hard Hats, similar, but they put veterans to work for, um, in construction jobs, you know, and they just couldn't find a lot of veteran owned businesses that want to employ veterans have a hard time finding them. Or even just regular businesses that want to employ veterans are like, where do I go? You know, and yeah. then you have these kiddos that are transitioning out of an installation. They're like, where do I find a job if it's not in this proximity? That's so, happening over and yeah, over. That and... connection is very grassroots at this point. It's word of mouth. It's people like you and me that know somebody yeah. or I got a guy and that's how we do it. But there's no digital mechanism right now that just, and, and we've had this talk with the Army actually, where's the hub? <laughs> where do the where do we centralize all these grassroots great organizations and Maybe connect them? Maybe it's going to be a part of the Fed Church. Man. Yeah. I, I like this idea. I like this idea. Well, right <laughs> <now you> Take <laughs> a note. <laughs> <laughs> right they just drop off the edge of yeah. the earth. You know? yep. It's like, okay, yeah. thanks well, for your service. And yeah, Gallant Fuse. Right. The Gallant Fuse guys, they started um, Kate's wearing the Run Ranger Run shirt. They started this idea because they were rangers, mm-hmm. and when they got out, like, hey, stay with the group, you know, and that, sign up. Who was Gallant Fuse? Carl Mondo. Okay, I talked to him. Mm-hmm. I, I, You connected me with him, and we talked awesome. a couple of times. Awesome. Yeah. Yep. Like, I, I, when I first saw his organization, I was like, what are you doing for the truck driver? Right. That was my first thing. What, the cook and the <laughs> truck driver, <laughs> yeah, what are you me. doing for him? And, like, because, you know, they were rangers, and the rangers yeah. are on the tip of this spear somewhere. Yep. But what about the... The pole and everything else, mm-hmm. and the thousand. I mean, it's like thousand to one support. Yeah. And um, and and Carl was like, "Oh no!" And so he's helped. He's helped a lot. Good for him. But it's like people don't even know about that. Right. I only know about Carl through you, and we had a great conversation. I need to connect with him again. He's a yeah. he's a busy dude. Mm-hmm. Well, and, it, and it's like we we start doing this stuff, and it's like. We should do a conference. We should. We maybe we should do a you know, a veteran business, like Vetpreneur tried to do stuff on that yeah. site. Yep. And the thing was, they were charging money. And from my point of view, was I don't want to pay a bunch of money to be coached. Right. But I would have paid money to walk around and sit and talk and listen to people's stories. I'd have paid a fifty dollar fee to get in the door or whatever because yeah. the conference was there. And we get it. Nobody's making a ton of money. You got to buy your own plane ticket to get here or whatever. Yeah. And just network and. But know. if I could have been, if, if it would have been pitched like, hey, we're going to do this big network thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's 14,000 veterans just in Vetpreneur Tribe on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And, and there's thousands of other veterans who aren't even, any, there's nowhere near that. Right. They're not even, that's not even a fingernail. That's like. Yeah, there's tons. There's tons of us. Mm-hmm. And if we had a place where we could go and say, like, like we just left uh, this thing called NAM for the music deal that they have. Nam in Nashville, Nashville, and then they have Nam in California. Okay. California Nam, Winter Nam, is monstrous, and it's uh, huge. And there's like ten rooms. Okay. Here there was like one room. It was big though. It was okay. cool well, really because we went made, wound up meeting people in the music industry. We. we I just want to make sure we're good. Okay. So um, yeah, we're uh, so we I got hooked up because when we get the bigger van. I'm bringing my, all my little pedals and stuff with me and my electric guitar. Well, I don't have an electric guitar, but I met a guy that's going to make me one. I like it. And um, he's like, yeah, I can do that. Because yeah. uh, my back hurts so bad, I can't. A lot of electric guitars are heavy. Mm-hmm. If you stand there for an hour or two and hold that thing, 
Let me just double check times because I think um, that's in the kitchen. I think it might have been a little off of what I told you. What, I don't, yeah. what time is it now? Yes. She's at here at 10. So I have to, I'm so sorry. I have to we're, run. The we're wrapping it. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so, so, no, no, this is, this is good. Um, it's been an hour. This is good. Uh, so name of your company again. North-South Consulting Group. How does somebody reach you? Um, Google North-South Consulting Group. We're the only one. And that, they contact us. All, all that's on our website. Now, there was something in Texas that was North-South Consulting. They're True North. Consulting. They're True North. Yeah. Okay. So you are North-South North, Consulting yep. Group. Yep. Because I'm from Wisconsin, so okay. you know Wisconsin, Kentucky. Okay, yeah. Chris, Krista, <laughs> Krista, Stevens, Doctor Stevens. Yep. Um, Doc <laughs> will help you if you're looking for a job. If you know somebody's looking to yeah. do something, you want to get into contracting, you want help in any way. Yep. North South Consulting. Google it. Yeah. Okay. Send us a note. All right. Thank you for everything. Thank you, sir. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Let's okay. tag you or something. Thank you. You bet. All right. Bye, everybody. Thank you for joining us for this Vet Church interview. Your feedback is welcome. Find out more at vetchurch.com or retiredarmychaplain.com.